Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. And welcome to episode 117 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the Daikaiju Discussion episode of July 2014, and we are going to be talking about the 1967 film from Daie, Gamera vs. Gauss. And joining me here in the studio for this particular episode, we have Mr. Brian Cook. Hey, what's up? And Rachel Cook. Hello there. And joining us for another episode, Mr. Tiger Yount. Wee wee. Wee wee. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with this movie in just a few minutes. We do, of course, have some news to cover. I know we didn't cover any in the last episode and not very much in the one before that, but we do have some really cool news. And we are going to, of course, start with some music, starting with Mia Rabi's Prayer for Chase.
That was Mia Robbie's prayer for Chase, and that was obviously by Masaru Sato, and that was from the 1974 Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. We followed that up with a request for Patrick for Ultraman Ska, 
And uh, I actually don't really know too much about this. Patrick suggested it on Facebook, and I said, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. I'm not a big ska guy, but hey, there you go. But it is time for us to move on. And once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussion. Every month, the Kaiju Cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one film to each month, ensuring that this podcast will keep going for a long, long time. This month, we are talking about the 1967 Gamera vs. Gauss, otherwise known as Daikaiju Kuchisen Gamera Tai Gaussu, which I think, according to the translation on the Wikipedia, which we all know is perfect all the time, mm-hmm. Giant Monster Midair Battle Gamera versus Gauss. And uh, this is, I think, this is the third Gamera film. Mm-hmm. And if I, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, this movie is sort of like the in-between stage where they, the first film, the first Gamera film was sort of like tailored towards whoever. They didn't know who they were really, uh, who their audience was going to be. But there was a kid involved and there were adults involved. And then they were like, oh, this is a hit. Let's do something awesome. So they did Gamera versus Barugan, which was all sort of adult themed and did not do very well. And then they did this movie, which again sort of rides the line. So I think they were still trying to like figure out what was going on for their Gamera property. However, we are going to go watch the movie right now and we're going to figure it out for ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sirs. Gesundheit, Snotlocker. Well, your pain will be complete after viewing today's experiment. Another in a series of mind-poppingly bad Gamera films. Today, Gamera's opponent is... Oh, like it matters. Chew each bite 32 times, booby. <laughs> hey, he's a peeker. And we just finished watching Gamera vs. Gauss, the 1967 film, of course. Not to be confused with Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, which has a very similar but not exactly identical storyline going on. Uh, I'm very interested in finding out who has seen this before and who has not seen this before. I can go for myself and say this is the first time I've ever seen it subtitled because we watched the Shout Factory DVD. Mr. Tiger. Had you you had seen this movie before, right? I have. Or no, you just seen have have seen clips before. I have never seen this movie, apparently. Okay, so this was Tiger's first time. Rachel, had you seen this before? I haven't seen this one before. No. And then Brian, you had. I've definitely seen it. I've seen it uh, a handful of times, never subtitled, and uh, usually with Mystery Science Theater. Yes, yes, yes. So this is definitely one of the ones with MST3K. Mm-hmm. Doing their uh, services on on the film, but uh, you're also wearing a classic Gamera versus Gauss poster That's shirt. Right. 
That's which right. is pretty cool. We got that at G Fest in 2009. What? I was yeah. at G Fest in 2009. It was only $15. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think the t-shirts this year were much more expensive. <laughs> but, uh, that's rad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were wearing that specifically for this episode. <laughs> so, uh, let's start with, uh, Tiger. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a fun movie to watch. Um, I can't really, I don't really know what to say, really. Okay. It's, it's not bad. It's not amazing, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's simple entertainment. It's a, it's a gamer movie. Now, is this the, uh, the kind of film that you'd rather watch dubbed or are you cool with watching a silly movie subtitled? It doesn't really matter to me. They both sound silly either way. Okay. All right. What about you, Rachel? What were your initial thoughts on Gamera versus Gauss? Uh, I thought it was great. I, I've always loved Gamera as a monster, and um, and Gauss is such a cool-looking monster as well. So seeing them, their fights was a lot of fun, and um, and I just can't get enough of the flying Gamera. Um, so I just <laughs> love that. I just love the light shooting out of the little leg holes, and it's. I, th- I enjoyed flames. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's good it stuff. Great. I love the 90s films, obviously. I'm a huge fan of the 90s films and the way they upgraded everything. But seeing the physical model spinning around with the flames, (laughs) blue flames shooting out of it and like the, all the smoke that, that's, uh, you know, they do a good job of trying to hide it, but like the, all the smoke that's generated from whatever, uh, technology they were using for the, uh, spinning effect. I just really, really do enjoy that. It's a, it's a very practical versus CGI kind of thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Gamer also blows actual fire out of his mouth in terms of practical effects versus optical. Godzilla's breath is all optical. So. Oh, yeah. And Godzilla's breath was pretty much optical. Uh, I think the last time it was a practical anything, it was still enhanced with mm-hmm. with an optical effect. In 1965 for Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. Hmm. But I think everything else after that was just almost pure just optical, optical yeah. animation. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, man? Initial thoughts coming out of the movie? I, I dig it. I mean, uh, I used to have a much more negative opinion of the Gamera films. And really, it was the Heisei movies that made me reexamine everything about the older Gamera movies and kind of appreciate them on a new level. And and I'm glad I did. I kind of gave them... Uh, uh, a bad reputation in my head and uh they're really fun and this one's probably honestly the best of of all of them i would say uh i like zegra a lot as well but um yeah this one is totally awesome especially you know in comparison to gamera guardian the universe which is like way up high on my list of kaiju movies so cool man well we uh you'll definitely hear a lot of positivity coming from the listeners regarding this film. Um, I think for me, I would say that, uh, I would say that Gamera versus Gauss is, it's not what I like in an old school Gamera film. Cause for some reason I love the goofy ones. That's really, really what makes me happy when I watch a Gamera film. But this one does that thing where I was talking about earlier, it's riding the line between a kid's movie and a serious film. And like, it's got elements that I don't think I've really seen too much of in another kaiju film. Uh, you know, like the whole part where they're trying to like hold on to their village and not sell it to the developers. Mm-hmm. I know I've 
I know I've seen that in other movies before, but like it was interesting to see that in a kaiju film. Uh, yeah. And there was, you know, the effects in this were were actually pretty good. Some of them, of course, were not as as good as they could have been, and mm-hmm. there were definitely a lot of visible wires thanks to DVD <laughs> clarity. <laughs> uh, and actually, the DVDs blown up to the big screen here still look fantastic. So, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's that was a big eye opener for me because I'm so used to watching the MST3K version. And I don't have the new Shout Factory. I have the old, you know, traded tapes oh, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. So I'm most used to Gamera being this, like, second or third generation VHS, essentially. Crackly, staticky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So seeing it on on your setup on, on this new DVD or whatever, it, was, it looked, it was, you know amazing looking yeah so. it's almost like it's almost like seeing it for the first time in totally. a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah uh so let's go in and uh, talk about what we liked about this film so brian what was your favorite part about gamma versus gauss uh gauss just like the design the creature itself um the gamma movies tend to have uh kind of weaker suits i would say uh, that's a criticism i would make of the overall gamma series but with having said that, Gauss is uh, the best design and best execution, in my opinion, of all the Gamera movies, including probably even better than the Gamera suits. I, I Interesting. Just, I really like the way he looks, the 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 eyes with the veins in it, and you know the trap the trapdoor mouth. Like all of it looks really cool. I mean, it's it. There's definitely you could make fun of it and say it's cheesy. But it it just looks cool. I love it. Yeah, I I mean it's not that I dislike Gauss. I love the rebooted Gauss. Oh yeah. And then even further the hyper Gauss in the 1999 film. But I uh, I I guess I have to say I can't really agree with you as far as like the actual suit that they've made in this film. Because to me, it almost looks like it, the entire thing is made out of like wet styrofoam like like they, it's not dried like yeah. the paint hasn't dried on it but i i that's that's an overgeneralization i don't know how far away that is from the truth but yeah something about the design it's very blocky mm-hmm. and like even when they have the the close up shot of uh i'm going to say kenny but i think his name is hee kenny yeah <laughs> Uh, well, that's because I, my first camera films were the Mystery Science Theater ones, right? right. So, but, uh, so Ichi is getting, you know, picked up by Gauss's hand, mm-hmm. arm claw thing. Right. And, you know, it was one of those things where I, at first I was like, well, that doesn't look very good. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, actually, that kind of looks exactly like the rest of the suit. It's mm-hmm. very blocky. There's not a lot of very fine detail. But it's not rubbery too. Yeah, yeah, rubbery. Yeah, but it's not like a bad. It's not a bad design. I actually like the Gauss design. Mm-hmm. There's something about that angular head. Mm-hmm. And Rachel, you said that the angular head made you. It, it reminded you, or the, the Muto yeah, it, in the new Godzilla film mm-hmm. reminded you of Gauss's angular mm-hmm. head, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's something I really liked about the Mutos in the new Godzilla film was that I was like, oh, it looks like Gauss, which I felt was kind of a cool throwback, if that's at all what they're going for. <laughs> Who knows? Let's just but, say they were. I, yeah, I'm, you know, I yeah. would say, I, I know I heard Gareth Edwards say that 
it was almost like they took their favorite parts of all their favorite monsters and <laughs> smashed yeah. them together to make this crazy amalgam muto thing. But mm-hmm. uh, what about you? What was what was your favorite part of Gamera versus Gauss? Well, we you just mentioned um, the scene where the hand looked kind of weird and blocky, where he's picking up the kid. For some reason, I'm a really big sucker for that shot in a movie when you see just a monster's hand holding a person. Because you've like, been exposed to way I, too much King Kong. Exactly. In your life. I was going to say it's probably because it always makes me think of King Kong, and I'm such a big fan. But, um, but I just I love that shot that. The shot that they missed in this movie, that's another favorite monster shot of mine, is when you show a monster looking through a door or a window just to oh, show yeah. the scale. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I love you that. You do get that a little bit as it's flying. It's definitely not it's definitely right, not the same not thing. You don't get just the scale. In, looking right, at yeah. the people mm-hmm. and the people's reaction. Yeah, you yeah. don't quite get that. Um, but um, but something that I thought was really unusual and cool about Gauss in this film was the regeneration of his toes. <laughs> yeah, that oh, was pretty cool. That yeah. was the way they did that was was weird and creepy really and cool. And kinda, yeah, it kind of almost it just yeah, it was just kind of unsettling yeah. the way they did it. But I I dug that. I love weird monster and stuff. And I, I love when the foot just brand new je- regenerates and, and first, he cracks yeah. the stalactite. Stalagmite? Oh, I can't yeah, remember what that is. It, yeah. And it falls on his foot and then his eyes close. And I can just see it inside like my head. He's just going, ah, son of a... Yeah. <laughs> Like everybody's nailed their yeah, toe totally. on the coffee table. Yeah. Oh, yep. And yeah, it's the only time uh, I felt bad for Gauss yeah. in the entire movie. Yeah, you you get the true emotion there with him, but I, I dug it. Um, yeah, that I that I'd say that was probably my favorite scene. So. Cool, cool. So, Tiger, what about you, man? What was your favorite part of the film? My favorite part was probably overall his laser beam because it. It, I felt like it was really unique because when you see most giant monster movies, they shoot out fire breath and stuff explodes. That's usually what you see. But with Gauss, stuff cuts and yeah, certain, mm. it cuts and up it, helicopters, it cuts <laughs> up buildings, and I just think that's really cuts creepy. a car the right car, in half. That was that was amazing. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good call. I like it. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You're definitely right. That is absolutely unique to Gauss. You don't really see that because even in a like, what's another monster that even has sort of a laser beam, aside from what they were like, about to do with Gigan, but they yeah, did not? True. Like, I can't really think of anything that... The closest is, like, the uh, electricity stuff from, like, a, a Ghidra or a Space Godzilla. That's the closest I can think to, like, a, a laserish beam, but... Yeah, it seems like everything else is, like, a fireball or, like yeah. Tiger said, like a, a blast of breath or something. I'm totally looking around my room right now for something... Yeah. I'm thinking like laserish. Yeah, I guess I was gonna say Bemler and Ultraman, but it's more of the blue. It's more that more resembles the blue fire breath of Godzilla, I'd yeah. say, than a beam. What about Mechagodzilla's eyes and stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, on the poster that. right there, <laughs> it looks oh, yeah. totally like that. Oh, but he doesn't. No, that's Mechanicong. Mechanicong. He, he just like blinds. Oh yeah. And that's, I was yeah. thinking you said Mechanicong in my head because I was looking uh. at that poster. I and wasn't really listening. That's I guess. not even his power in the movie. He doesn't but, shoot beams like yeah. that. But. 
that we're referring to a King Kong Escapes poster for the listener. So. <laughs> for the one who's not here. For those that can't those see that me can't pointing at the poster. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah. I, do, I totally agree. It's a very unique and very cool power that Gauss has. I think my favorite part about this movie is is sort of one of the things that I like about watching the Toho films where, um, you know, I, as you're watching Atragon, as you're watching... Godzilla versus whatever. You're just kind of like, oh, hey, there's that guy. I saw him in this movie. And I saw, oh, that dude right there. He was in this movie. And I swear, I, I'm, I'm really terrible about this because I haven't done a lot of research on the Showa Gamera films, but I think that Daie had the same thing going on. They had like a, a cadre of like seven or eight actors that they used in each of these films to, to different devices each time. So like, the guy who played the military leader in this film maybe played a scientist in another film. And the guy, there was a reporter that came up the trail. Mm -hmm. And I was like, as I was looking at him, I said, oh, that's the dude from Gamera versus Zegra who figures out that he he's the one that's taking care of the dolphins. And he's the one that figures <laughs> out you just yell into the microphone go ah, ah and like they uh anyway you guys weren't here for that but yes this is uh <laughs> i i i think it's the same kind of thing i i i want to say that even the the female the sister of ichi was in some other stuff but i know for a fact that the the foreman of the construction crew was reused in many films in in Daya's history i know he was in at least one if not more of the daimajine series mm -hmm. and he absolutely was in the third yokai film along with ghosts which is a fantastic movie anyway so that that sort of was my favorite part about watching this this movie let's get into the negative if there is any brian what about you man let me hear it hmm. let me hear you toss some digs at gamera versus gauss well, just in general, the Gamera movies, uh, to me, just aren't nearly as special as Toho. But I, I, I would feel bad saying this about, uh, about Gamera versus Gauss because it had decent special effects, like uh, not not up to the level of Toho's, but mm -hmm. um, still pretty good. So, man, I, I wouldn't say that as a criticism, even though that is typically what I think of when I think of Gamera movies. Um, it is a very prototypical Gamera movie, like you were saying before we started. You know, they hadn't figured out who the audience was for this. Like, mm -hmm. how much of the kid do we use, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Which definitely they realized that throwing the kid in the movie was, that was their ticket. They this really is the Ghidra, the three-headed monster right. of Gamera <laughs> right. films. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. Sure, why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the effects in, in all the, you're right, the effects in all the Gamera movies are subpar to mm -hmm. Toho. I think there's a, a listener that even says, like, you can't really compare the two because right. they're, it's like, uh, not night and day, but you're, you're talking about class, like a different class, like, mm -hmm. like saying that, you know, well, the new Godzilla movie is better than the 98 Godzilla movie. Of right. course it's better than the right. you know, 98 Godzilla movie. It's like, so different. So, like, the, of course the Toho stuff is better than, than the, the mm -hmm. Gamera stuff. You've got, you know, the master, the pioneer of Japanese special effects. Eiji Tsuburai is in charge. And yeah. here you've got guys that are essentially doing their best job to try and imitate what, what they're doing at Toho. And, you know, to some effect, I think that, they did a really good job. Mm -hmm. 
Especially because their budgets are way smaller at Dai than they were at Toho. Yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know the differences there. The just, just to. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm sure there is a book somewhere that actually has that kind of stuff. Probably all in Japanese, which yeah. I won't be able to read. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you on the effects. What about you, Rachel? I would say um, a couple of things. I would say that the miniature work, kind of. I mean. That goes along with the effects, but right, yeah. um, but yeah, it wasn't great. Um, there was just some stuff that didn't look one hundred percent. Even like it became very evident when the planes got sliced in half that you know weren't real planes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, even the even the flight paths that they took. There's some like. There's almost some Tokyo drifting going on in the sky yeah. with those yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, and then also I would say that the human element, um, there, there wasn't any characters that I truly connected with where I felt like, oh, I, you know, oh, I really care that that little kid is, you know, has been grabbed up by camera. Like, I, I care. I'm not a total jerk, but <laughs> you're I, not I a callous soul you know, of a woman. I wasn't just, you, you know, weren't rooting it, for any characters. Exactly. There was, there was when the humans won really in the know. end, did you feel any sense of elation? You know, not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, um, that brings us to Mr. Tiger Yount. What did you think, man? Like, was there anything that, I mean, there's obviously, especially as a, as a young man who's used to today's modern special effects movies, but you've been raised with an appreciation for Japanese special effects. You're welcome. The, uh, <laughs> like, what, what would you say was the worst part about this film? I don't really know. I think, like, the story was kind of odd. Like, um, it's really different from a lot of kaiju mm-hmm, movies, mm-hmm. which I, I can appreciate. It's like something new, but it didn't really execute well because it's like, oh, it's about a village. It's not, um, it's like a village wants to sell their houses to a developer, but they don't, they want to not sell whatever. And then the ending of the movie, which spoiler alert, I guess, but it's like a, how old is this movie? <laughs> you think? 67. Somebody want to do some math because I'm kind of tired. Okay. Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. old movie, so I guess it's a really big Almost set. 50 years. Let's say it's almost 50 years say old. 47 Because sure. yeah. um, sure. like, the, the ending, basically, <laughs> they're like, we can build our road. I'm like, instead of like, oh, the citizens of, of Japan are saved. Right, yeah. right, yeah. It's like, we yeah. can build our road now. <laughs> Progress goes forward. Yay. Yes. We lost our village. <laughs> <laughs> our cows are dead. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, the cows. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, my... Actually, my uh, my biggest criticism of the film is, a, is somewhat similar to what you're saying, Tiger. It's that I didn't... And it's almost kind of similar to what you're saying, too. Like... The story never really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. The effects I, I'm actually kind of okay with. And I'm kind of okay with the basic story. Like, you've got... the Like, this is actually the first time I've enjoyed... In a chronological kind of way. First time I've enjoyed Gamera's presence in one of these films. Like, the first movie... I'm actually not a big fan of the first Gamera film. Oh, yeah. And I'm really not a big fan of Gamera versus Baruga. And it's, for some reason, it puts me to sleep every time. Because I don't find it to be a fun film, right? And I think, like I was saying earlier, that's what I watch these movies for, the Gamera series, the 
sixties and seventies. I I like them to be fun and mm-hmm. and jovial. And this one has enough fun in it to make it interesting to me. But there's something missing that like definitely we don't get the gamma march. Like that's one thing that's yeah. missing. But well, like like Zegra, you get the space ladies. Yep, yep, and that's cool. That's a cool twist. You don't get anything like that in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's really kind of hard for me to put a finger on what I'm, I guess what I would, would say is like, even though there are things about it that I'm kind of like meh about, like overall, Gamera vs. Gauss is a fairly enjoyable film and I'm, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, to pick one thing that I just kind of like, now that, that's the one thing I'd change. Uh, which I guess is probably a pretty good score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So final thoughts, Brian? Um, it, honestly, this movie is most interesting to me because, uh, uh, in comparison to Guardian of the Universe, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of look at this movie like a prototype version of Guardian of the Universe, and I probably shouldn't because it's probably not fair. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. I, <laughs> definitely, because it's not enough of a remake, right? Right. It's just... it's, I wouldn't. I would not call it a remake at all. But uh, there are some similarities, of course, because of Gaios being there. But. Uh, yeah, this is definitely one of the better gamma flicks, I would say. Um, and, and a really great Mystery Science Theater episode as well. So I actually need to go back and watch the Mystery Science Theater. Because all, all of the MST3K ones I've seen, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen them all, mm-hmm. but like the ones that I kept going back to were Gamma versus Giron and Camera versus Zegra. Yeah. And like, I know they did five of the movies, right? Bar- Barugan. They did Ga- the first one, right? Gamera, and then I think they did Gamera versus. Yeah, they did Gamera versus Gas, of course. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but it's it's it. weird to me that they didn't do Veras, mm-hmm. and they didn't do Gamera versus Jiger. That's, that's right. weird. Anyway, that's, that's totally different tangent. We can talk about some the, other time. And they also did the Gamera movies twice because on their season zero they did them, and then they did them again when they were an actual nationwide show. And well done. No one, no one should watch the season zero stuff. They didn't know what they were doing. It's cool to look at because it's a prototype version of the show, but I would not recommend people go search those. No, out. no, it's rough, really rough around the edges. Yeah. What are your takeaways from this? Uh, not just from the movie, but from the con- conversation here, Rachel. Um, I would say that I was really surprised that Gamera loves lava. <laughs> I loved that in the subtitles. I don't, I don't know what they say in the dubbed version. If they just say, if they just say, well, Gamera loves lava, so that's why he's going into the volcano. But I don't know. It just it was such a strange thing. There, it was worded strangely. Do you have any final thoughts, Tiger? This movie's entertaining. It's simple entertainment, I guess. You can. Watch it. You don't need to know anything about Gamera, I guess. So, Do you think this is a... Okay, so here's a question for you. Uh, normally we say, you know, would you show this to a kaiju newbie? Maybe not a kaiju newbie, but would you show this to someone who'd never seen a Gamera film before? Yeah. Cool. Oh. Right on. Right on. So that's uh, that's pretty good. I think my takeaway, my final thoughts is that... Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, this is definitely, this would be better to show to someone who's never seen a Gamera film than Gamera versus Ge- uh, Giron or, you know, so the sillier ones after that. Just from the standpoint of if you haven't seen 
the weird wackiness of the series, this might be a better gateway into that. And again, it's it's definitely an enjoyable film, and I, I don't know why I haven't watched it more often. A lot of people say that, you know, Berugan and Gauss are the two best camera films in that in the old series. I just am so mentally saturated with the Heisei camera films that like oh, yeah. I tend to just I do actually tend to dismiss the older Showa films, even though clearly I enjoy them. So uh yeah, I'd say this one was a it's a definitely a fun movie to watch and definitely worth checking out if you never have. So Hopefully you didn't just have us spoil the entire film for you if you haven't actually <laughs> seen the movie before. We do have homework. Lots and lots of homework for this film. What we are going to do first, though, is we are going to play our kaiju kernels. If you are curious as to the method that these two gentlemen are uh, sending in their homework via voicemail, via audio file, they are the kernels, the top level of the kaiju core, something I need to talk about more often. And um, we are going to start things off with Benjamin. Unlike Godzilla, I did not see any of the Showa Gamera series until recently, my first Gamera movie being 1995's Guardian of the Universe. And so I look forward to seeing the original bout between Gamera and his most iconic foe, Gauss. This movie, as has been pointed out in previous Daikaiju discussions for other Showa Gamera movies, was one of the last quote-unquote serious films of the series, something which I appreciated. The threat Gauss posed to the world was about as grim as most kaiju films of the period, but it was still sincerely treated. I also found our young protagonist Aichi's inclusion in the plot more organic than kids would be in the films to follow. As far as the special effects go, I did think they were a mixed bag. I thought the flying scenes, especially with Gauss, did little to dispel the fact that they were just some props hanging from wires. I also thought some of the suit action was distracting, such as when Gamera kind of just stood there while Gauss sliced into his arm repeatedly with a sonic beam. However, speaking of which, I really enjoyed Gauss' trademark weapon. While the visual wasn't quite overwhelming, I really liked the slicing effect it had on its targets and thought it was pretty well executed in the miniature and full-size props. And while I was somewhat critical of the suit action earlier, I did enjoy how the fights between Gamera and Gauss included the somewhat jarring and bloody brutality characteristic of the Showa Gamera movies. So while this Gauss now roasts in a Mount Fuji-sized hibachi, after watching this film, it's no real surprise why the creature would make return appearances in Gamera's modern adventures, as it's one of the original series' highlights. This was my first time seeing Gamera vs. Gauss, and I went into this movie not really expecting to enjoy it. I have a pretty low opinion of most of the Showa Gamera movies, but I was really surprised to find myself enjoying this movie quite a bit. It's unexpectedly dark for a movie of this age. When Gauss eats the reporter, I have to admit, I was taken a little aback. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen a kaiju kill an individual person, but this one seemed a little extra grisly, perhaps because the movie gave us a minute or two to sort of get to know the guy before Gauss gets him. Then we see Gauss just reach out to a group of people and squish them with his hand. Yeah, and also, I love the monster design of Gauss. It's simple. I can see why they brought him back for the 90s trilogy. Sometimes, you know, less is more. And the whole thing about the two spinal cords acting as a tuning fork? That was genius. I thought it was a really clever way to give an ex explanation for the creature's powers. 
even though it makes zero sense if you think about it for two seconds. Still, I thought it was pretty neat that they at least tried to explain it. Some of the special effects looked really good. I particularly liked some of the matte shots with Gauss flying around the city. I thought they were really well done. Although some of the miniature work didn't look too good, and that one scene where the guy is very slowly getting blown away by Gauss's wind, with the harness clearly visible under his clothes, not so good. I found the story engaging, I found the subplot about the, the villagers fighting the road company, and then some of the elders were scheming to sell the land at an, an inflated price, I found that really interesting. And it's the only monster movie I can remember where they try to kill the monster on a giant merry-go-round. That was also genius. And the kid was surprisingly tolerable for once, one of the few kids in a kaiju movie that I didn't want to push down a flight of stairs. So all in all, I was pleasantly surprised by Gamera vs. Gauss. It almost makes me want to go back and watch the other show of Gamera movies. And of course, that was actually Andy Campbell, that second one there. And big thanks to our kaiju colonels, Benjamin and Andy, for submitting their homework through the voicemail. Uh, we have one more. This is Jace. And I had the pleasure of uh, meeting both well, actually, I had met Benjamin already, but like I saw Benjamin at G-Fest and I was just like, dude, thank you so much for submitting your homework like this every time. It's like awesome. And like you're the way you do it is is really great. So uh, and then Jace, of course, he's had some problems with uh, submitting the homework via voicemail. So we're we're reading his up at the top of the show here. Jace was pretty thrilled that the Daikaiju discussion homework was on Gamera versus Gauss, one of the remaining four or so kaiju movies he had yet to see. Jace has got to say, he was pleasantly surprised. He watched the movie with his wife, Yessie, who I also met. Also awesome. Sweet. Uh, who has, who he has converted into a kaiju fan, and both of them were surprised by the quality of the film in relation to the other Showa Gamera movies that they had seen. There was a definite plot with a compelling relationship between the monsters and the human action. There were human characters that were something more than caricatures, and a child actor managed to not dominate the movie. Plus, the three kaiju battles were solidly enjoyable. There was a good deal of savage action here, with real drama and the perception that Gauss was actually a serious threat. The best parts of the film? The set work around the volcano. Gauss' act of eating people. Every scene with the scientists and the gore. Two thumbs way up. Jace never thought he could have such a good time with a Showa Gamera movie. Well, other than Gamera versus Giron, because let's face it, that is a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> and don't forget, if you want to become a member of the Kaiju Core, just go to kaijucast.com slash support and choose your level of support. I would really appreciate it. We, we do love all of the Core members, mm -hmm. the cadets, the colonels, the captains, and the corporals. They're all rad. Now, uh, we did get more homework in, and... Brian is going to start us off with Jason's. This is Jason's second favorite of the Showa-era Gamera films. Most of his enjoyment revolves around the MST3K treatment that it received, but even without it, this isn't a horrible movie. He enjoyed the discussion of Gaios with diagrams and has secretly coveted the poster of the internals of the kaiju. Jason always wondered, how in the hell did they know about the twin neck bones? That's a good point. <laughs> Overall, Gamera vs. Gaios is a fairly middle-of-the-road kaiju movie with decent fights and enough stupidity to be fun. 
While he wouldn't be ashamed to show a newbie, Jason doesn't think it would be a great choice. For this viewing, Mike took a trip down memory lane and watched Return of the Giant Monsters, the original pan-and-scan AIP television dub of Gamera vs. Gauss. He remembers when he, when his six-year-old self first saw the film in this version and could never make out what Gauss's name was. There's the scene where H.E. said that he called the monster Gauss because it sounded like it was shouting the word Gauss. To Mike, it sounded like it was shouting the word stale on. Not flame on, stale on. So for years, he thought that Gauss's name was stale on. To his adult <laughs> ears, it doesn't sound like it's shouting either stale on or Gauss. Perhaps its name should just be indistinct shrill hiss. <laughs> As a monster, Gauss is probably the best designed creature from the Showa Gamera films. Mike uh, still prefers the original Gauss design to the 1995 upgrade. He also thinks this film and Barugan tie for the best of the original series. It was all downhill after this. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Uh, he also likes that there's so much mystery to Gauss's origin and what it is. It seems to come from virtually nowhere, but Mike thinks it's an alien based on the fact that we see others of its species on alien planets later in the series. Oh, Excellent point. That's a good point. It's ridiculous that Ichi keeps coming up with the right answer to everything time and time again, things that a room full of scientists and military personnel couldn't figure out themselves. They apparently had a manga artist on staff to draw that nifty Gauss anatomy slide the day after its first appearance. Gamera himself didn't look as good as his previous appearance, with the ridge on his head, there are some genuinely beautiful shots in this film with a great color palette. Mike doesn't envy Kojiro Hongo dealing with irate vandalizing villagers, an irate impatient boss, and irate impatient and vandalizing giant monsters. That's got a top ice road trucker and Alaska crab fisherman in the stress meter. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is not sure if this is a haiku because of the spinning. Stiff, low-flap vampire pterosaur. A terrapin counters sharp sounds with kaiju-foo. Embrace deforestation. CO2! <laughs> I wasn't counting. I wasn't counting to see if that actually was haiku. I'm not going to make I, you I read it again, it. though. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not sure on the timing of how to say it properly to really make it sound awesome. CO2. Yes, CO2. Gamera versus Gauss was one of the few Gamera films that Johnny watched when he was a kid and it was his favorite as a kid. Gauss is easily his favorite villain from the Showa Gamera films and this movie had some of the best battles in the Showa series of Gamera movies. Some of the human story was definitely not needed such as the whole village dilemma which dragged on throughout the whole film. Shouldn't you people be more focused on the giant man-eating bat monster? But the movie shines with the battles. The action was good, but the story, not so much. Johnny gives this film three bat kaiju out of five. Ron just saw Gamera vs. Gauss, and what a good movie. It does have its flaws. The Gamera suit was so very bad, and the shell was shredded. Plus, the special effects were very spotty at best. How does Gamera know where the kid lives? What is he, a psychic now? In closing, Ron wouldn't show this to a newbie kaiju fan, but should be seen at least once. John loves the Showa-era Gamera movies, and Gamera vs. Gauss is probably his favorite of the bunch. People try to compare these films to the superior work Toho Studios was doing at the time, but the original Gamera series can be enjoyed on their own merit. They are extremely fun and extremely violent. 
The theme of Gamera versus Gauss centers around the importance of listening to children. As adults, we should give our full attention to the children and value their opinions. As a father, I disagree with that statement, but it's cool, whatever. <laughs> Tiger's already left the room. <laughs> Unfortunately, the child in this particular movie is insane. The very concept of attempting to summon Gamera by burning down the forest is wrong on a multitude of levels. The fact that the adults of this village went along with it is frightening. But it's part of the fun of the film. And since, oh, this is a bummer. Since Martin missed out on X from Outer Space, John hopes he gets he gets a chance to watch this one. No. Uh, unfortunately, Martin is actually out of town. That's why he oh, cannot be here today. Bummer. He's like on the East Coast right now. What a jerk. Yeah. Ian hasn't seen very many of the Showa Gamera movies, but this one stood out as a very creative film. Gauss is one of the more, more popular Gamera foes, and he can see why. He had a weakness Ian probably wouldn't have thought of, and some powers to match even Gamera's. The movie itself had a pretty good plot, although it was a bit confusing at times. At the beginning, he sat at the screen saying, Why is Gamera heading towards the volcano? Did the movie start in the right place? Otherwise, it was generally a good movie. It had some funny moments, and the only bad moment was that sometimes things just got ridiculous. But that's just part of the cheesy goodness. Four Sonic Beams out of five. This is Kyle Johnson's second favorite Gamera movie from the Showa series. The special effects were good, and he liked the creature tactics the army used to try and kill Gauss. Overall, he would give Gamera vs. Gauss 10 out of 10 atomic blasts, and would definitely show this to a newcomer into the kaiju world. His father, Gary, also really enjoyed the movie. The two aspects of the film that he wants to comment are on are how Gauss got his name, a little boy just named Gauss because that's the sound he made. The adult's response, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gary loved let's that. Go with it. <laughs> Secondly, he really liked how they studied Gauss, two vertebra so he can't turn his head. Little details like that were impressive. Gary gives it nine out of ten atomic blasts and would show it to a person new to the world of kaiju. He does have a question for the kaiju cast. The English dubbed version that they watched, they pronounced Gamera wrong every time, and he was annoyed after a while. His question is, how many different companies are there that dub these kaiju movies, and is there one company in particular, uh, one dubbing company, that the kaiju cast prefers over others? So, for the Godzilla films, yes, there are two companies, essentially, that dub the movies. There's the international dubs, which are usually done by a team in Hong Kong. And um, <clears throat> those are the ones where everyone's voice tends to sound like this. It's mm -hmm. very, very uh, standard and bland. And then AIP used a, uh, and I actually got a lot of this wrong towards the beginning of the Kaiju cast, like the first 50 or so episodes. I didn't find out about this until later. But AIP used a company called Titra Sound. And they hired people like Peter Fernandez to play these roles. And you get, you get some very familiar voices, but they also decide to talk in an accent like this sometimes. And I really love that, actually. I, I think mm -hmm. it gives a lot more character to the, for lack of a better term, characters in the film. And so that's who I prefer. Now, the Gamera films, I'm assuming that what they said was Gamera, mm -hmm. because that's what I think I've heard in a lot of these movies. 
And I don't know. I, I mean, I think that some of them were done by AIP's Titra, but I think some of them were also done by Sandy Frank. And that means like Sandy Frank hired people to do it. I actually tend to like the Sandy Frank dubs for Gamera because they, that's what I saw in the MST3K versions. So the very first time I saw something that wasn't a Sandy Frank dub, I was like, what is this? Why do they sound like that? So that's the best answer I can give. Do you guys have a preference? I almost always choose subtitles, honestly. So that's yeah. my preference. So, but when you're talking dubs, um, I think I do tend to lean towards I would prefer the AIP because it feels, you know, with them adding some accents, it does feel more authentic to the character's role because it's obviously a Japanese man usually talking. So I think that I would prefer that if I was going to choose one, but, um, yeah, I but think... I usually choose subtitles. <laughs> And I'm, Rachel just showed us all up in like one sorry. fell swoop. <laughs> Should have saved you for last. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> when you watch the AIP dubs, to me, that places it more in the time period. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's definitely more yeah, reminiscent yeah. of when those movies came out in the 60s and 70s. And sometimes that's what I would be inter- more interested to see than a, an updated dub or a subtitle or something like that in some cases. I mean, like like Rachel just said, I usually go for subtitles as well, but it's always, especially having been on these episodes, it has been really eye-opening to kind of like look at all the different dubs and mm-hmm. kind of, uh, it was, it's a learning experience for me, so. Yeah, I would actually say that we could probably make an episode out of the dubs and mm-hmm. kind of like what we did with, uh, like, diving into romance in the Godzilla series, like, we could do that with uh, dubs, like mm-hmm. figure out like oh, yeah. where these dubs really kind of originated from and what people prefer and why they prefer them. That would be an interesting episode. Oh, yeah. Now all the these ideas are popping in my head. Maha. So <laughs> yeah. thanks, Gary. Yes. Good idea. Tom says that the most ferocious life or death struggle in any kaiju movie takes place in Gamera versus Gaios. In Nagoya, when Gamera is attempting to pull Gaios down into the water with the sun rising and Gaios desperately shooting Gamera in the head to escape from a watery death, and then finally has to cut part of his own foot off to get free. Awesome. Also, can you believe the blood squirting out of Gaios' ears at the end? And this is a movie aimed for, aimed more for kids. Love this movie. For this film, Chase had a very special visitor over, his cousin Landon. Together, they watched Gamera vs. Gauss. Because this was his cousin's first Gamera film, Chase had to educate him on many aspects of the Gamera series, like how Godzilla is not in this. Chase notes that Gamera vs. Gauss is not as child-centered as most Gamera flicks. This one is a little darker, showing blood, Gamera's arm being sliced, and Gauss' toes getting bit off. Brutal, man. This was a nice shift from the other films and gave him something new. The movie is 95% problems and 5% opening credits. During the first fight, how did that guy recognize that Gauss was holding Aichi? They were at least a mile away. Also, how is Kenny, excuse me, Aichi, <laughs> holding on to Gamera as he flies? He should have been flung off as soon as Gamera moved. When Gauss causes strong winds, why does that guy float up and the other two just walk normally backwards? Moonwalking's a thing, right? Anyway, also, Gauss has the cheapest attack strategy ever, ever. Fire the laser at everything. 
During the car chase, Gauss cuts the guy's car in half, but lucky for them, the car is still drivable and retains its wheels. That was lucky for them, especially that driver. He just didn't even care. That was a good driver. He's just like, got to keep going. Yeah. H's grandfather says that the gods sent Gauss to punish them, but the fact that Gamera defends the humans' conflicts with his theory... Oh, but the fact that Gamera defends the humans conflicts with that theory. Chase does praise this film's use of cool practical effects, namely the cutting of vehicles in half. He also likes the diagram that the scientists drew. The script was meh, and he... <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> uh, and he can't really say anything about the acting. It seemed like the characters all had one emotion each. It isn't very long, but was this normal for movies in the 60s? Well, this was about an hour and a half, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this was yeah. normal. This is t- like typical for kaiju films. They're typically 90 minutes. Gauss's flying was horrendous. It controlled like a bumper car. And what was the plan? Lure it onto a spinning disc and make it dizzy until the sun comes out. What? (laughs) What? Gauss's defeat was really pointless, and all this talk of killing it with the sun, and what does Gamera do? Throw it into a volcano. Not much good here, and it rightfully deserves its place in Mystery Science Theater 3000, being made fun of on live TV. One out of ten Gauss toes. His cousin Landon thought that this film couldn't really hold his attention, but he guesses it's still good for the time. And it's a pretty fun to watch with some friends. He would give it a three out of ten. Overall, it was just bad. Steve says that as much as these Showa Gamera films get gloriously trashed by just about anyone with a pulse, and sometimes, yes, common sense at times, This particular one is actually fun on many levels. You can enjoy it at the MST3K level, at your own kitschy pace, or take it for what it was meant to be, a fun monster romp for the kids. This ain't exactly Shakespearean brain science here. It's a kitty giant monster flick with fun, color, and a goodly dollop of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Do not compare it to the Heisei Trilogy! (laughs) You have been warned! (laughs) Many people have tried, and it is these people which deserve their very own telethon. They deserve some pharmaceutical company to set aside money and manpower to develop some sort of Prozac, Librium, Helium drug to calm their nerves, and they at the very least need a good bowl of hummus and a diet cola to soothe their troubled nights. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Ah, wow. Yeah, I think that's a great place for us to pause. And actually, I'm going to hit stop. Gamera vs. Gauss is a fun movie and one of Adam's favorites. Apparently, Gamera vs. Barugan didn't set the world on fire back in 1966 because starting with the less expensive, less important Gamera vs. Gauss, Dai pretty much left Mr. Yuasa and Mr. Takahashi to their own devices for the rest of the Showa Gamera series. Gamera vs. Gauss still has trouble deciding what it wants to be, but for its intended audiences, teenagers, and especially children, little boys particularly, the film delivers an orgy of excitement. In this film, more than any other, director Yuasa, a rotund, childlike innocent himself, seems to have modeled Eichi after himself personally. The film is full of ideas that, from a more realistic giant monster movie perspective, as seen in the earliest Kaiju Ega, 
and American films like The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and Them are totally absurd. And yet, from the perspective of an eight-year-old boy, makes perfect sense. Such as, to trap Gauss, H.E. and the JSDF come up with a plan that involves putting a huge bowl of blood on top of a hotel with a revolving restaurant. The idea being that while Gauss is slurping the blood, the rotating restaurant he's standing atop will make the monster dizzy. Sure, why not? Gamera vs. Gauss also introduces a new element to the kaiju Ega genre. Aerial battles, something that was missing from the two Ghidra movies. Watching Gauss and Gamera battle in the sky was impressive, especially for a 60s budget. As for the creature that is Gauss itself, Adam was never really fond of it. The costume is too stiff and inexpressive, the trapdoor mouth emphatically glowering and glowing eyes and more, especially coming off of Berugan and knowing some of the more impressive monsters we get down the line. If viewed with the understanding that this film was targeting an audience of enthusiastic, monster-loving children, this monster extravaganza is just the ticket for a rainy Saturday afternoon. Daikaiju Kuchusen, Gamera Tai Gaussu, Giant Monster Midair Battle, Gamera vs. Gauss, aka Return of the Giant Monsters, is definitely the greatest movie ever. Here are Paul's brief thoughts on Gamera vs. Gauss. This is his favorite Showa-era Gamera film, featuring his favorite Gamera foe, Gauss. While it's a bit silly at times, it's an enjoyable movie from start to finish. Rob watched Gamera vs. Gauss as part of the lackluster Mill Creek Blu-ray set. While it isn't his favorite Gamera film, and he is a big fan of the series, it does come close. It's an interesting film for the series and keeps some of the more serious tones of the previous two movies, but begins many of the more juvenile touches that would come to dominate the films ahead. One of the things Rob has always enjoyed is the brutality of this one. Within the first half hour, Gauss has eaten the cowardly reporter, and Gamera is bleeding buckets of blood. Gamera bleeds a lot in this one, and even rips part of Gauss's leg off at one point. Pretty good stuff, and something you definitely won't see in a Godzilla movie of the time. However, also in that first half hour, Ichi takes a ride on Gamera's back, thus beginning Gamera's career as the friend to all children. Then, Ichi is brought in as an expert on Gamera and Gauss, educating the military and everyone else, birthing the know-it-all kaiju kid stereotype, so maybe it's not all good. Regardless, the production values are still pretty high, the kaiju action is fun, the road crew versus villagers subplot actually works, and, you have to admit, the way they try to dispose of Gauss with the rotating platform and a fountain of artificial blood is pretty novel. While Gamera vs. Gauss points to the more kiddie direction of Gamera films, an entire kaiju genre would move to, this movie straddles the line between silly and serious with as much dignity a movie about a flying turtle fighting a vampire bat can muster. Highly recommended to a kaiju newbie and veteran alike. Matt and his dog Ashley write in to say that Gamera vs. Gauss represents the last gasp of sanity for the Gamera franchise before a 27-year-long descent into irrelevance. While the first three Gamera movies aren't in the same league as the Heisei trilogy, or Gamera the Brave, they're still fun to watch. Gamera vs. Gauss is the best of the three, featuring a monster that Matt has always counted among his favorites. While the Gauss suit itself seemed to have been thrown together on the cheap, the overall design is pretty cool. A sleek, sporty, giant bat thing he's always thought of as the Ferrari of Kaiju. The pacing of the movie works, with giant monster action spread liberally throughout the film, and a villagers versus megacorp plot that is just interesting enough. Of course, no Gamera movie would be complete without some blood and gore, and this one doesn't disappoint. Overall, it's a good effort with some different and interesting special effects, though 
What is with the Jets in this movie? They never can seem to get those quite right. P.S. Congratulatory Screonks on the Kickstarter. Robert would like to congratulate Kyle on... That's me. (laughs) On reaching his main goal in the Kickstarter campaign and encourage anyone who has not supported it yet to do so now and help him reach his last stretch goal. I agree. Thanks, Robert. Now for Gamera vs. Gauss. This is probably one of the best Showa-era Gamera films. Robert thinks that the special effects are really great in this movie. While sometimes the scale may be off in some shots, overall they are on par with Toho's Godzilla films of the same era. The story is punctuated with lots of kaiju battles, which makes it a very satisfying watch. The token annoying kid is actually not that annoying, and it doesn't seem too outlandish that he comes up with the idea to stop Gauss and the adults take him seriously. Even the pseudoscience makes a decent amount of good sense. Robert particularly likes the way that the movie hints that these monsters are, in a sense, supernatural beings. H.E. seems to be praying to Gamera while he's healing underwater. Gamera nods as if hearing and acknowledging that prayer. And the village leader mentions that Gauss may have been sent by the gods to punish them for their greediness. Very interesting stuff. All that is missing to make this movie perfect is the famous Gamera theme song. Jamie did watch the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of this, which meant hearing more of that terrible dubbed Kenny. Gamera vs. Gauss has a strange dichotomy in that it's getting more kid-friendly, so we have scenes of Gamera saving Kenny and putting him on the Ferris wheel, and then we have some really bloody, almost dark scenes, such as Gauss shooting Gamera with blood splurting, and Gamera dragging Gauss to his doom in the mouth of the volcano. It's one thing to dispatch your foe with a quick attack, as Gamera did to Gauss in the Heisei movie series with a fireball to the head, but it's something else entirely to drag your weakened opponent into a volcano to die a slow, lingering death. It was like the filmmakers were trying to go for both kids and adults. Also, Gamera has to have one of the most dangerous suits ever. It has a flamethrower in its head. Can you, have, can you imagine how hot it must have been for the suit actor? Overall, it's a pretty fun movie with some good special effects, such as when the vehicles were sliced in half by the Gauss, and Jamie would show it to intermediate fans of kaiju films. Nick from The Monster Report writes in, The first thing that came to mind while watching this film as a nine-year-old kid is that it was marketed towards children in America on these celebrity just-for-kids VHS tapes. Knowing that, he wasn't expecting the level of violence that you normally would see in some of these Godzilla films. That surprised Nick, but it didn't take away from him enjoying every one of the films from the Gamera franchise. This film is a great one to watch late at night with the lights low, He finds a scene where Ichi and his family are in their home listening to the sounds of Gauss in the mountains, truly frightening. There are some other scenes throughout where sounds or flickering lights are used to convey fear or impending doom of Gauss's next attack. These elements added to the enjoyment of a great classic monster flick. Gauss is a well-designed kaiju with both strengths and weaknesses. He may have supersonic beams, flame-dousing fog, agility, and flight, but he can't turn his head and he's killed by sunlight. Hmm, a nocturnal creature similar to a bat that drinks blood, cannot stand sunlight, has wings that resemble a cape, Dracula anyone? He may have had some inspiration from the legendary vampire, but Nick also finds that aspects of Gauss's design and abilities have inspired other monsters later in both the Godzilla and Gamera franchises. Nick is reminded of the Muto's EMP ability whenever he views scenes of the lights flickering before Gauss's appearance and a few times in the film. When you think of it, the Muto's head design looks a little like Gauss too. Nick enjoys the human story of the road construction conflict with the village citizens. 
This brings to mind Japan's struggle with becoming more industrial and westernized. Small villages and old traditions were bulldozed and buried under the foundations of concrete and steel. Though these villagers are portrayed somewhat as first-class swindlers with a collective greed that drives them to vandalize and sabotage the construction effort. All of this to get the best value for their land. The audience relates through the experience of Ichi, or at least that's how Nick sees it. He tries to make sense of the materialistic efforts of the men of his village, including his own grandfather. When abandoned by the reporter in a cave, Gamera comes to Ichi's rescue, solidifying Super Turtle as a hero and a friend to all children. Nick's fondest memory of this film, since seeing it as a child, is the, is the amazing ride Ichi has on Gamera's shell. What kid would turn down a chance like that? Gauss and Gamera's flight scenes are plentiful and thoroughly planned in the filmmaking process. Nick appreciates the innovative ways that Gamera and the human characters try to defeat the nocturnal beast, everything from jets, flares, spinning him silly and holding him by the little toes until sunrise. Gamera gets the points ultimately for the finishing move. Gauss and volcanoes don't mix very well. For Gamera, though, it's a visit to the hot tub. Gamera vs. Gauss feels to Nick like the Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster of the Dai franchise. Gauss has made reappearances throughout the use of stock footage and, and was redesigned in the 90s trilogy in a truly innovative and creative way. Much like Ghidra, Gauss is the iconic foe for the fire-breathing friend of all children. He's Gamera's Joker, King Koopa, Khan, Venom, Plankton, Magneto, Shredder, Agent of Smith. Big Bad Wolf, well, you get the point. For a shameless plug, watch Nick's show on YouTube, The Monster Report. Highlighting those entertaining creatures of film history, search for Nick Adam on YouTube. I hate mispronouncing names, so I apologize in advance if I mispronounce your name. But Michel writes in to say that Gamera vs. Gauss is a very enjoyable film. The monster battles are entertaining. The Gauss design for this film is good, but he wishes the Gamera suit was the same suit from Gamera versus Barugan. That suit was a lot better. Also, they should have let Gauss eat Ichi, then the film would have been so much better. Overall, Gamera vs. Gauss is a very good monster movie. All right, I told myself I wasn't going to read this whole thing, but I uh, I read it in its entirety, and it's from my buddy Jeff Zorno, who, of course, is an artist for IDW's comic series. He is also doing the t-shirt art for the Hail to the King Kickstarter. So he's doing me a solid for the t-shirt art. I'm going to do him a solid by reading his his homework in its entirety. I was going to try and do it in his his voice, but uh, I don't want people to think that I'm making fun of him. So here we go. Gamera vs. Gauss is one of Jeff's favorite daikaiju films in all of the genre. He also feels it's one of the genre's shining examples from its golden age. The epic battle between horrid Gauss and the mighty Gamera occurred during the peak of the kaiju boom and solidified Gamera as a daikaiju to be loved for all time. The film itself is a great example of the classic era of the genre, but he also feels in many ways it stands up against the 90s Gamera trilogy and current daikaiju films of today. Certainly in story, which was brilliantly written by Nissan Takahashi, he doesn't know much of the behind-the-scenes info, nor does he know how much influence Noriaka Yuasa had on the story for Gamera vs. Gauss, but in the brutal landscape of the daikaiju genre, this story is paced brilliantly, with plenty of engaging human drama and tons of great brutal monster action. Yuasa and his crew really churned out a brilliant keeper with Gamera vs. Gauss, and it's hard for him to think of all the iconic moments in the genre's history without placing the image of Gamera biting off Gauss's toes 
in a bloody, gory glory at the <laughs> at the Nagoya Pier. And who can forget the car gag? Gamera fighting Gauss with a kid in his hands, a la King Kong. Brilliant stuff right there. But what's the deal with Gauss? Not a lot of rocket science needed for explanations in this story. Earth is going through an environmental upheaval. Therefore, giant monsters. In this particular case, in the form of the giant monster Gauss, one of the most evil and horrible daikaiju in the Earth's history. Gauss is some sort of ancient flying creature who eats meat and has a particular taste for human beings. Gauss eats people, which makes him one of the coolest monsters ever. With that weird flat-top V-shaped head, giant glowing eyes, and weird glowing ear hole things, and a body made up of straight V-shapes, Gauss is designed brilliantly. Even his scream is a thing of strange menace. And if that isn't enough, then there's a suffocating gas spewed from vents in his torso, along with a sonic oral ray that can literally cut anything in half like Wolverine's adamantium claws. All of that makes Gauss one of the all-time greatest kaiju ever. Jeff recently purchased an extremely attractive marmot Monster Paradise Gauss figures with his wings folded back and was staring at him lovingly while writing this review. Even the musical score for this film is one of the genre's very finest, Tadashi Yamuchi, who created the awesome Gamera soundtrack, returned for an even greater composition for Gamera's greatest battle. Particularly effective is the track Gauss's Cave, the long building creeper theme when H.A. and Okabe, the reporter, are investigating Gauss's domain. Jeff loves the shot with the fallen, uprooted trees. Such a nice detail. Also, the track Massive Attack on Nagoya is pretty much a wonderful kaiju attack theme that gets stuck in his head often. The special effects in Gamera vs. Gauss are among Dae's best. While not on the level of Toho, at this point, they came close. Gauss always looks good coming up from his cave at night. The attack on the Nagoya scenes have some great moments. Jeff's favorite being Gauss flying towards the office window and the force of his wind cracking it. Great shot. He was always curious why it wasn't recreated in the 90s. The matte shots in this film are all particularly beautiful and give the film a stylized look that only helps suspend your disbelief. Jeff adores the shot in the opening of Gamera flying towards an erupting Mount Fuji. Oh right, forgot to mention the story opens. With Mount Fuji erupting, how rad is that? Lots of imaginative monster fighting action in this movie from air, land, and water battles. With kaiju spilling blood the entire time. And Jeff doesn't ever hide the fact that he loves Gamera fights because of all the blood and brutality they have. And nothing is quite as brutal as Gamera chomping down into Gauss's neck while his purple blood spews from his ears. And Gamera drags him kicking and screaming into the erupting Mount Fuji to finally destroy Gauss for all time, saving the Earth from his terrible scourge. That is, until Space Gauss, or 90s Gauss, or Hyper Gauss, or Albino Gauss. Yes, Gauss is indeed Gamera's arch-nemesis, and as far as arch-nemeses go, you'd be hard-pressed to find one as badass as Gauss. Okay, he's got to get back to drawing Godzilla rulers of Earth-16 now. Zorno must be destroyed. Steven Sullivan writes in to say Gamera vs. Gauss is the last of the serious Gamera films in the original set, and in his opinion, the last of the, last of the really good Gamera films until the Heisei era. He first saw the original three Gamera films on TV in the 70s and found them really thrilling in low-definition black and white, and later color. Today's Blu-ray presentations look great, but they also show that no matter how much fun they were, the special effects in these films 
were never really up to the standards of Toho. During this viewing, he even spotted a wire suspending the spinning camera. Still, that wire did not stop his enjoyment of the film, which remains one of his favorites. Gauss is a great villain and presents a lot of challenges for both the humans and Gamera. The monster battles are great and so much bloodier than Toho would have ever gone for. We get sliced legs and necks bitten off toes and Gamera going Count Dracula on his bat-like foe's neck. How can you not love that? It also occurred to Stephen as he watched it how terrifying the Gamera films must have been for these suit actors. After all, Gamera is basically a giant flamethrower and it can't have been comfortable to be floundering around in those big rubber suits <laughs> shooting flames from your costume's mouth or having flames shot at you. Would health and safety insurance even allow you to do that anymore? Nope. Even the little kid in this movie wasn't too annoying, mostly because there was a grown-up set of stories going on as well. The next film, though, it's all about the kid heroes, and the upcoming decline of the series is foreshadowed by the end of the film, which is padded out with clips of the previous Gamera outings. Soon, Gamera would be all clips and annoying kids, and we'd have to wait nearly 30 years for our flaming flying turtle to return to glory. And that's going to do it for our homework. For anyone who was really paying attention there, I gave Brian and Rachel a break because at this time of the recording, it's 11.45 p.m. And I thought it was a good idea for us to actually move along and uh, have them here for the news. We're going to do that palate cleanser that I talked about months ago. It's pickled ginger time! Yes! <laughs> now, this was sent in by Chris G. And um, I... Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. He only sent in five questions, but since it's our first pickled ginger submission, we I are going... to get too annihilated, so that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've, <laughs> we're just going to go with... With his five questions, we're going to go with his answers. I think they're all correct. So, uh, question number one. Are, are you ready? Okay, where's the buzzer? Are you competing against me right now? Is yeah, it, you guys uh, are yeah, competing against each other. Are you, are you scared? I was just with wondering. With my massive amounts of knowledge in my head? You will be. You will be. Captain. Will be, you will. Is that no, the proper Yoda no. way of saying it? No, I said <laughs> no. it I said, said the it, proper uh, Yoda way. Uh, okay. It's a direct quote, it Rachel. Late. It's late. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you're welcome for all this right now. Okay, so <clears throat> Buzzers at the ready. <laughs> In the original Showa series from nineteen sixty five to nineteen eighty, Gamera's blood was blue. False. Hang on a second. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> She's ready to go, though. I, I like... Am. I'm going to give you a half a point for your okay. gumption. Yes. I'm winning. What is? What color is his blood in the Heisei series? Green. Ooh. Nice work. It? Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, because I said he's a Vulcan when we were watching the film. Ding. To Brian. One point to yeah. Rachel. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Keeping with the Heisei Gamera theme, how many chromosomes do the guys have? One. That is also correct. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm beating you a trivia! I've never beaten him a trivia before! <sighs> okay. In Godzilla 1985, what soft drink was featured? Diet Dr. Cola. You know what? I'm going to blame... <laughs> I'm going to blame... Who was that? Tom? Was it Tom that that wrote about Diet Cola yeah, in his review? Was, yeah, I'm blaming Tom okay. on that one because go, that Tom. was in my head. 
And so it's his fault. He panicked. Tom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was it's a great still, review, though. It's still two to one. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm still winning. It's okay. <laughs> At this point, it's anybody's game. <laughs> Brian, good job. <laughs> Even though you're losing. Okay. Uh, give me a second here. Mm-hmm. Really? Tell you what, instead of asking the question how he asks it, name all the monsters and destroy all monsters. You can each go. So okay. I'm going to hold up a finger for each one you guys Godzilla. get. Okay. Uh, Manda, King Ghidra, Mania, Kamunga, He's going too fast. <laughs> uh, it's, um, let's see here. Gorosaurus. Baragon. Baragon, Baragon. Oh, wait, she said Baragon first. Varen. Ibra. <laughs> Uh, what? Not even I'm just minus naming one. monsters on your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you Angulus. should have them in order of the film. <laughs> and look what's right above uh, your head, right behind us. Did you us. Just name the larva Mothra? Um, oh, that's right. It is. Mothra. You got Mothra. Yes. <laughs> okay. And the larva form should count as a separate one. Um, that actually, Brian and Brian pointed out that the Destroy All Monsters poster is literally directly. right behind my head. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I you hate didn't you notice so that? much. No. Oh my gosh, it's right oh, there. Geez. Okay. Oh, did you already name them all? Did you miss one? Yeah. No, we actually missed Angulus Rodan. No, you did said you Angulus. I mean, we Varan? we got him eventually, but yeah. <laughs> It doesn't really matter. And I said, <clears throat> I said Kamakaris, and that was wrong. No, Kamakaris is definitely wrong. I thought you said Kamonga. I did. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it on the playback in slow motion <laughs> as the the panic sets in. Okay, so we'll count that final as a win question. For me. Sure, sure. <laughs> I think we'll just count it as a win for you because what? you recognized the Destroy All Monsters poster you... was behind me. <laughs> Does that count as one point for the whole question you get? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We're at, tied? at this point, at this yeah. point, we're tied. You're tied. Yeah, okay. Just <clears throat> she gets really yeah, competitive. Okay. okay, this is a little bit of a trick question. Okay, okay. so False. just j no, <laughs> just keep it that in mind because the question is not really written very well, and I don't feel like rewriting it on the fly out of my mouth. So. What was Megagirus's first movie? Rodan. <clears throat> Rodan. Yes, that is correct. Well, technically you said Rodan, <laughs> so I, I think that you should lose that point and be disqualified. Well, I was actually <laughs> saying Radan, the Japanese title, in a very yeah. thick accent, so thank you very much. <laughs> well, I was going to say Radan, but... I wasn't clearing my throat at yeah. all. I was being polite and letting you clear your throat first. So. It was it was Rodan. Yes, it okay. was Rodan. Okay. 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 Brian still reigns supreme as champion. <laughs> <laughs> you look so upset. <laughs> oh, I should not dear, have won oh, that. I, as a good husband, I should have given her that answer. <laughs> and ten husband yeah. points. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 it doesn't matter to the listeners, but oh my goodness, when you get home, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm. I just lost big time. Yeah. No waffle cones. For you. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Yeah. I'm just gonna eat them all. Okay. Well, I think uh, that was fun. Thank you so much, Chris G. And if you have pickled ginger trivia, please do send it in. There's an actual part on the form, and it, there are some instructions on there. So if you send in your pickled ginger, Duff 
you're supposed to send in at least five questions, not just a couple. So feel free to send in some more so we have some more next time we uh, or do. call up a friend, have them send in that your too, other That too, that too. You can call that a friend. Too. Next month's Daikaiju discussion movie, I am super pumped for because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Godzilla and the rest. Seriously. We're watching Invasion of Astro Monster, a.k.a. Kaiju Daisenso, a.k.a. Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. And I am psyched because I really, really love this film. So none of the homework should be disparaging at all. <laughs> I will be ed editing it heavily so that everyone is praising Nick Adams. I'm just kidding. You guys feel free to, you know, unleash the beast, Say as stuff. it were. We may uh, give you a little bit of a hard time about it, but, you know, it's possible. It. It's, it's possible. Cool. You know. Okay. So you have to have your homework turned in before August 24th. So you have at least one, two, three. You have like pretty much four weeks to watch Godzilla vs. Monster Zero and turn in your homework, your thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following episode. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't own this on DVD, I'm not going to kill you. If you have Netflix, it's on Netflix. Why are you laughing, Rachel? Are you having fun? I Good. You know what? You can just say I, you're having fun. I guess I could say I'm having fun. Oh, I okay. <laughs> Tell you what, you had you got two questions right in that trivia, I which did. is more than the any more questions. than anybody got last time we did the trivia. So, so did I? So I am as far as ranking goes. You're way way Jeff above Jeff and Martin and Martin, <laughs> way above Jeff and Martin. Well, actually, I think okay. Martin did actually get one correct, and it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but still, for way those keeping above score them. at home, we're yeah. we're still having fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's what counts, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, that's if you true. if you don't have Godzilla vs. Monster Zero on DVD or Invasion of Astro Monster on DVD because they're the same movie. You can actually watch them on Netflix, and I believe they also have them on Hulu Plus if you're a Hulu Plus member. So there you go. Lots of options. Like I said, you have to have it turned in before August 24th, which means turn it in, you know, around like the 21st, the 23rd, or even before. It would be very helpful. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to talk about this movie. Mm -hmm. And send pickle ginger. Yeah, and send in some more pickle ginger because that was that was kind of fun. And if you, uh, you know, what we might do, we maybe someday we'll actually set up a pickle ginger email address. Yeah, there you and go. then that way I won't get them automatically, so I can maybe participate in some of those mm -hmm. uh, trivia jealous, questions. Aren't you? You Absolutely, be part of, it. Yeah. I, of course I do. Yeah. I want to prove my worth. Anytime right. there was, a, when I was going to Geek Trivia, anytime there was a kaiju question, I was like on top of it. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, this was before you guys moved here when it was, you know, Jeff and Justin and Heather and me and uh, a floater person. Every time there was a kaiju related question, Court and Bobby would be, especially Bobby, he'd be like, well, the kaiju cast guys better get this one. And I was like, <laughs> We got this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, send in some pickled ginger and make sure you send in your homework before the 24th of August for Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. We are going to go ahead and move on to the news. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, it's going to go like that right now. 
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So the first bit of news we need to cover is that our Kickstarter is fully funded. Woo! I didn't want to scream on the mic and blow it out. No, you did a great job. That was, was good. Yeah. Uh, I might add in some crowd cheers, yes. like <laughs> if there's an audio version of the wave in a you yeah. know stadium, maybe that. But it, the important thing that I want to convey is that at the time of this recording, we have nine days left, and uh, we currently are we're above our our goal, which was eight thousand dollars. I'm really psyched about that. Long story that we won't explain right now, but we got funded. And in one fell swoop, because we got that top level backing person, it's late anyway. <laughs> uh, because of that generous person, we blew past our first two stretch goals immediately, which were A, to hire the camera crew for another day, B, have the opportunity, fingers crossed, to interview some actual Toho actors in the documentary, which I'm wicked psyched for. Seriously, that's going to be. A huge boon. It really adds way more legitimacy to this documentary. And uh, now we're uh, trying to strive for that third goal, which is so that I can bring a photographer with me. Now, this is not just a photographer. This is my friend, David, who lives in Seattle. We're very good friends. He loves traveling. He loves Japan. He loves photography. And most importantly, he loves giant monsters, especially Godzilla. This is sort of like one of those dream come true slash uh, perfect opportunities for him to uh, do something cool for the community. You know what he also does? He writes for Famous Monsters Magazine, and he's a huge awesome. collector. Nice. So uh, seriously, this guy is legit. He's as legit as any photographer I could possibly find. So I really, really want you guys to uh, support uh, still, if you haven't donated yet, there are still opportunities to get the perks. There's tons of awesome things that we're offering that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Not to mention, you can get your name in the credits. You can get the digital download of the movie when it's finished. Access to the video logs, which on a daily basis we'll be recording some video saying, here's what we did today. Here's what we're planning on doing. And then, you know, that kind of stuff at the end of the day, too, probably. What else is in there? The, the photo perks. book. The photo book that is the one. You know, so that's awesome. the one. Okay, so seriously, that's the one that I've been touting the most. I have a whole mess of books behind me. In fact, I'm just going to reach and pull one out. Just this one right here. Without <laughs> looking. Without looking. Let's see. Which one is this? It feels thick. Oh, this is Hobby Japan. That doesn't work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> here, this one here. This uh, right here. This one is... Distributed by Toho Special Effects Movies, 1954 to 1994. This is a fairly thick, it's called a MOOC, a MOOC, M-O-O-K, magazine book. And like, so look at these pictures that are in here, right? So this is, this is the, I'll even flip to the color section. So here I'm showing Brian and Rachel these photos. Mm -hmm. how, how many photos would you say are on a page here? One, two, three, Probably like four, five, 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 six. six. Lots of five photos. Six, yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you say that uh, now this is actually a good spread, this particular page I have open here, but most of the ones in here, I'm assuming, are going to be like this. Text splashed all over them. You can't mm -hmm. really 
enjoy this as much as you'd like to. Everything that we're doing in the photo book is essentially, the plan is to do one picture per page. I'm not saying that's a definite thing because, you know, sometimes they're going to be vertical photos. We'll do like two per page at that point, but they're going to be really nice books. I'm having them made from like basically not the top of the line places because those are really expensive. Um, the, this is sort of like the best of the cheapest places to have a photo book made. Hardcover book, totally a keepsake from this exhibit. In fact, speaking of exhibits, da, 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 da. this thing here, nope, gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> so many books on my shelf. This is the Since Godzilla program, right? That came, mm -hmm. the Since Godzilla exhibit. Yeah. I, I bought this because I was like, oh, cool. I want to see pictures from the exhibit. No freaking pictures from the exhibit in the oh, entire wow. thing. Not a big deal. Oh I gosh. didn't spend a lot of money on it. But man, if I did spend a lot of money on it, I would not be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're creating this keepsake from the, the big Godzilla special effects exhibition. That's the green gargantuan level. Mm -hmm. You still have... I'm guessing that this is going to go live tomorrow so you'll have at least eight days you'll have a week left at least to donate to the cause go to hail to the king doc.com or find the link to the kickstarter directly on the kaiju cast page and please please donate because i uh i would love to take a photographer over there in fact just just taking another 30 seconds here uh what do you guys think uh, about me taking a photographer over what's the benefit there well, I mean, number one, the straightforward one, since we were just talking about the photo book, is the fact that you'll get some re a lot of really great quality photos. It it won't just be stuff that other people are trying to take pictures of. You're trying to take pictures of while making the documentary. You'll have someone dedicated strictly to the photos, and that'll help for the photo book as yeah. well as and the documentary. A, and he's a photographer. A yeah. I'm not a photographer. I mean, exactly. I can take some pretty pictures, but like... Typically, I just take my iPhone with me. <laughs> I take pictures on my iPhone. David's going to have a nice camera. We're going to have a nice setup. It's going to be really great. Uh, one more thing that I would say is a benefit is that if I didn't have a photographer with me, this and you were touching on this too, mm -hmm. I would have no documentation of the actual documentary. So right. like David's basically going to be providing some behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. which is really important for our early access photo galleries that we'll have. So I'm really excited to take him with me. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge benefit to the project. So we only have at this point, unless, you know, a bunch of donations came in while we were recording, which I'm pretty sure they didn't. We only have about $1,600 to get donated before he can actually go on the trip. So Please donate to the to the Kickstarter campaign. I would really appreciate it. Now we should probably move on to the news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a feeling this was going to happen, so that's why I was prepared. Apparently, at San Diego Comic-Con today, which is Saturday now, Legendary's panel announced some big news for the next Godzilla film, Godzilla 2. I don't think they have an actual like uh, subtitle for it yet, but... Gareth Edwards, as we know, is returning to direct the sequel after he does the next Star Wars film that he's working on. But the big news out of Comic-Con is that Legendary Pictures has secured the rights to use Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidra in the sequel. 
I don't know how I feel about that. Rodan, I'm totally cool with. Mothra, I guess I'm cool with. It'd be interesting to see how they tackle that in the realistic world that they have. But King Ghidra, that is a shocker. I'm actually, I guess I would say my brain doesn't even want to think about what they're going to do with King Ghidra. Not in a bad way, but, you know, King Ghidra is an iconic character, an iconic monster, and probably the most iconic villain of the Godzilla series. So, congrats to Legendary for getting those kaiju under their uh, in their pocket. Sure, we'll go with that. And uh, I'm sure we can look forward to more news down the road. Now, back to your regularly scheduled news program. So the first big non-Kaiju Cast Kickstarter campaign news item is that the Make-A-Wish Foundation did work with the Godzilla Kid. Uh, I think his name is Maddox. Is that what I said earlier? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so they made Madzilla. I don't have any video to link, but there's a Huffington Post article all about it. And hopefully there will be some video released soon because it looked really, really cute and really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, of course, I'm assuming I speak for you guys too. wish him the best in his recovery from uh, his Absolutely. leukemia treatments for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, also, moving on to other news items, the new Godzilla the 2014 Legendary Pictures Godzilla opened in Japan today. Well, technically, I think now it's been there for, it's been open for over a day. Mm. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing some information coming up on how the Japanese audiences are receiving it. What do you guys think? Are we going to see like big numbers coming from Japan? I'm sorry to say this, but I don't think we are. Yeah, I, don't I don't think that Japan, if Japan didn't go out and see Pacific Rim, I don't know how they're going to react to the American Godzilla film. Yeah, the right. film climate in Japan has just changed so drastically from the Heisei era that I, I, I would not be able to judge what people are going to think. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, though. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that there are a lot of fans that are very loyal to Toho, mm-hmm. and that seeing an American-made Godzilla film makes them kind of maybe have an immediate like thought of oh i don't i don't know cuz it's not mm-hmm, toho mm-hmm. so yeah well i i'm really looking forward to seeing those numbers come out yeah i mean hopefully it did great that'd be mm-hmm. awesome that would uh, be really cool it'd be a lot of fun and uh, you know the name itself should be a big ticket seller should pe- be if anything should people be. you would think you would think people would be curious yeah especially after 10 years and yeah. i actually you know one of the things i've been saying this whole time is i'm very interested in seeing what this does in Japan is, mm-hmm. is does it bring back a resurgence? People are like, yes, we need to make another Godzilla movie. And they figure out how to do it well. Because that's, yeah. you know, obviously a big problem they had in the 90s and the 2000s is yeah. not being able to create a movie that brings in the tickets and brings the butts into the seats. Mm-hmm. So that I'm, I'm going to be watching that with, uh, with bated breath, I guess you could say, to, to really see what's happening in Japan. Uh, moving on to the next item, a whole slew of Godzilla 2014 DVDs and Blu-rays have been announced for the U.S. market. The street date on those is September 16th. So it is before my birthday. I'm not going to ask anybody to buy them for me because <laughs> I just do that on my own. Actually, what I'm surprised I don't see here is like some sort of mega collector edition. I'm, I'm sort of assuming that's coming, like they'll announce that in a couple of weeks. I seem yeah. to remember they did the same thing for Pacific Rim. Yeah. Anywho, moving on to the next news item. 
Nika's Godzilla 1985 figure has been uh, shown online. And what'd you guys think? Uh, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just go first. Yeah. It looks horrible. Mm -hmm. Horrible. I was really looking forward to that. I think out of all the Godzilla merchandise coming out this year, that was maybe the thing I was looking forward to the most. I was like, sweet. I like Nika's figures. I love their Pacific Rim stuff. I was really looking forward to seeing the 1985 films Godzilla because that, as we've said many times, that's my Godzilla film. That was mm-hmm. like my first film. I love that design. Oh my God, what went wrong? Yeah, uh, ever since that came awesome. out on Toho Kingdom, it's just been nothing but people complaining and they have every right to complain. That's one of those things that I'm like, did Toho approve of that? Yeah, it right. looks really, really weird. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to move on unless yeah. somebody else wants. Yeah. No, <laughs> you got some no words. Comment. You got some, uh, some bones to pick with Nika there. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Nika, on a more positive note, their Pacific Rim figures are being teased right now at San Diego Comic-Con. Otachi. We're finally getting Otachi. Sweet. Definitely getting Otachi. I can't wait. And it's a big figure. So that should be rad. Yeah. Do you think he comes with a little stand to put him on? That's a good question. All I've seen right now is just a a picture of Guillermo del Toro and I think some guy from Nika actually holding the figure Mm -hmm. together. Um, so the, does it come with Guillermo del Toro? I hope so, because yeah, he's welcome in my house at any I time. Know, right? right? <laughs> um, also, they're doing some of the Jaegers that you see in the beginning of the movie, the sort of like prequel. Here's what happened mm-hmm. in the last 15 years or whatever. That's sort of the flashback s- sequence. They're doing Tacit Ronin, Romeo Blue, and Horizon Brave. Um, right now, all you can see on the photos and the ones I'll be linking to in the show notes are just like unpainted prototypes. They're just sort of like gray with the primer. I think they look rad and they will be welcome in the Kaiju Cast collection. So looking forward to those. Also, another thing that's happened at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, Toy Nami's Shogun Warriors style Godzilla has yes. been unveiled. And they've, they've basically taken the format of the Shogun Warriors Godzilla and they've updated the look, so it looks a little bit more like the Mosu Goji, the mm-hmm. 1964 yeah, Godzilla. And I gotta say, I want it. Yeah, I totally it. looks cool. Totally uh, looks cool. I love the Shogun Warrior Godzilla. Um, I love like 70s type toys, and that's a great throwback to me. And and nailing the look from what I've seen in the one photo, yeah. that's really really cool. Now, have you have you seen any of their other? Shogun Warriors type stuff. I think they did the. No, I, I think they did the Stormtrooper. Oh, okay. And I, I know they did a like a large scale bender like that from Futurama. Okay. I have seen that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what the release date is just yet, but uh, let's hope that they don't stop at at Godzilla. Let's hope yeah. they continue. Because mm-hmm. you know what I've had missing in my collection for a long, long time. What's that? Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> He's been missing from my collection since I was like eight, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and like find out like where we sold that at what garage sale and just kind of like shuffle up and be like, 
Hey, kid, I'll take that. Here's five bucks. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> a man can dream. <laughs> that sigh. It really uh, is. It's like the one thing that I've wanted ever since I realized you could buy old toys. Yeah. So I've been sort of on the hunt for one. At I'm using the term as loosely as it can yeah, be used. Yeah. Since... I got on the internet, really, mm. 1995, and I've never found one for the price that I'm willing to pay. Of course, that price has gone up since I've made more money, but the price also keeps going up as I've made more yeah. money. So now mm. you can't even get one for like less than 300 bucks if it's got all those parts, and I'm just, oh, I can't, I can't. Something has to be really, 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 really special, and unfortunately, a old toy like that doesn't fall into that category for me even though i really want it it seems like a a paradox or something but your heart is dead or small or something something, yeah (laughs) yeah my wallet's not hooked up directly to my heart maybe that's the problem (laughs) anyway we're gonna go ahead and move on so check out the uh toynami thing i i'm hoping to have a link in the show notes tomorrow by that but at the very least i'll link to a photo because there's really been only a couple of photos online that I've seen. Maybe Toynami will have some sort of uh, some sort of panel and and tell more about it. Also, last thing at uh, San Diego Comic Con, Sideshow Collectibles Godzilla statue has been unveiled, and uh, I think it looks pretty rad. I'm not sure I would say uh, that it belongs in my collection because I don't know how large it is. Sideshow stuff yeah. tends to be pretty big. Mm-hmm. It also tends to be very expensive. So I'm not saying that I won't get it, but like eh, the chances are not very good that I'm going to pick that up. Not because it doesn't look amazing, but just because I usually, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, it's usually going to be from Japan. Right. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I'm at this point, I feel like I'm holding out on any more 2014 stuff until X Plus makes their own 2014 figure because that's obviously... There's a bunch of X-Plus stuff behind me, and that's yeah. what I love. Mm-hmm. Um, last but not least, in the way of news. Finally. Because we've been waiting years, I guess. Not really. But Sony... Actually, we technically have been waiting years. Sony has announced their Godzilla 2000, their GMK, their Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, and the Mothra Trilogy Blu-ray sets. Nice. And um, I'm I'm more excited now. I was like wondering why they had not put those out with the other stuff yeah especially because it made all the all the discs weird and staggered Mm -hmm. the coolest thing in my opinion about these releases there's finally going to be according to their promotional materials a legitimate godzilla 2000 release with the japanese version now oh interesting i don't know if you were like me but that was a uh that was the killing blow that's why i didn't buy the godzilla 2000 dvd when it came out in uh I guess 2000. Right. I was like, what? You've screwed us out of getting the Japanese version. I don't want this anymore. I was really, really disappointed. And I think, uh, I don't think I was alone in that. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah, a lot yeah. of people probably did the same thing. Like I canceled my pre-order. I was that enraged. <laughs> Take that. Take that, you dinosaur. <clears throat> anyway, that does it for our news. I don't know what else we have to cover in this particular episode. We are going to have another episode next weekend as well as part of our media blitz for the uh, Kickstarter campaign. Please donate to the Kickstarter campaign. Let me try that subliminally. You should donate to the Kickstarter campaign. Donate to the Kickstarter campaign. 
Things are about to get panty. And then backmasking. No, I don't have that really. I could do the super liminal. You ever see the Simpsons episode where Lisa goes to the Navy and they talk about, never mind. <laughs> super liminal. You just like, go donate to the Kickstarter campaign. Like something. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to go ahead and move on to close out the show. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to find out what we're all about, just point your web browser to KaijuCast.com. And you can find our Daikaiju discussion schedule, every episode we've done, the links to our sh- from our show notes, obviously, to take you to these wonderful, wonderful articles written by real reporters and so forth. We have links to our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, and Instagram accounts on the right-hand side of the page, as well as links to our friends' websites like Sci-Fi Japan, August Ragoni's blog, G-Fan Magazine, etc. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Thank you for joining us, Brian, Rachel, and Tiger. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, we will see you next month. We are going to close the show out with uh, one final song, this was actually a request from Steve. He just said that if I could find some cool surf punk kind of tune that's kaiju related to just do it. So we're going to play Stomp Tokyo by the Alder Kings. And that's for you, Steve. See you next week, which is also next month. Jamata.